Greece and Turkey form a unique couple. They have fought the respective wars of independence against each other. Recently, President Erdogan escalated his rhetoric against Greece, threatening to come instantly one night. The Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis responded in his speech at the UN General Assembly. They threaten that Turkey will come at night if it so decides. This is the language of an aggressor, not a peacemaker. In today's T-Cosmos podcast, we will discuss why this escalation is taking place now and how domestic politics, as well as relations between Greece, Turkey and the US, affect Erdogan's policy. Can we imagine Turkey without Erdogan? Today we, ha- we have with us uh, Stephen A. Cook, who is the ENI Enrico Matei Senior Fellow for Middle East and Africa Studies at the Council of Foreign Relations. And his latest book is uh, False Dawn, Protest, Democracy and Violence in the New Middle East. Stephen is a world-known uh, uh, expert in Arab and Turkish politics. We're very lucky to have him here with us today in person because he's, he is here following the um, Athens Democracy Forum that takes place. Uh, Stephen, welcome and thank you very much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Stephen, you have this amazing experience uh, in the whole Arab area and uh, in Turkey. I would love to ask you a thousand questions for everything, but uh, because of time constraints, I'm going to focus on Turkey, that uh, we had some recent developments uh, when it comes to Greek-Turkish relations, and it's uh, something that people would be interested to know your take in what's going on. Uh, As we all know from the news, uh, Erdogan has been uh, uh, undergoing through a crescendo of accusations and threats against Greece lately, and with Aegean being at the center of it. Without going in what he said, because that is known, why now and what is he aiming at? It's a great question. Um, and I think it's important for Greeks to understand that um, this is an unprecedented kind of rhetoric coming out of Turkey. There's obviously uh, been long simmering tension between the two countries over the Aegean, but it's coming now primarily because President Erdogan is facing elections in the first half of 2023, and the Turkish election season is already underway. He is in the unusual position of being politically weak, so he is trying everything. He is pushing every button and pulling every possible lever he can in order to get um, political traction and rallying around the Turkish flag and trying to get Turks to rally around the flag over the Aegean is one of his political gambits. Um, It remains unclear whether it's working, but because he's in the, as I said, unusually position of, of being politically weak, one can expect Erdogan to use absolutely every trick in the book, every topic he can possibly think of in order to gain electoral advantage. And unfortunately for Greeks, The Aegean is a cause for uh, nationalist sentiment in Turkey. So you're saying that this is all for internal, let's say, consumption right now. Uh, nonetheless, there is the possibility of what we would say an accident, an escalation by accident. 
And in that case, what would be in there for Erdogan? I mean, he's a NATO member. We are a NATO member. I mean, isn't it a bit dangerous game to play? It is a very dangerous game to play. And in fact, the the, the, the idea that two NATO allies would come to blows um, is something that is should be concerning for uh, the alliance in the whole and Washington, D.C. in particular, given uh, the role that Greece is playing in support of uh, the, the in support of Ukraine and the United States' efforts in Ukraine. What I think should be clear and may not be as clear to Greeks who have to live with this on a daily basis, but it, I think it's clear that the Turks don't actually seem to want war. They want to ramp up the rhetoric and suggest that Greece wants war for their political benefit. Of course, what this does is it raises the possibility of a miscalculation or an accident that could lead to conflict between the two countries. As Erdogan continues this rhetoric, he may paint himself in a corner where he is left with little choice but to take greater and greater risks, which might force the Greek government to respond in kind. Um, Which is why I think uh, analysts like myself have been calling upon the U.S. government to take a keen interest in what's going on in in the Aegean and um, be very clear with the government of Turkey that its rhetoric is not helpful in an effort to reduce tensions between between Athens and Ankara. Since you also mentioned uh, the U.S., the U.S., the last couple of years has uh, formed a very close uh, relationship with Greece. Uh, how uh, can you portray a bit how the relationship of uh, Greece, uh, Turkey, and the U.S. is right now, and how maybe the Greek ter- uh, Greek-U.S. relations that are a bit close affect maybe uh, the way Erdogan thinks and acts? Yeah, those are really very important questions, and I think it's important to point out that Greece, Turkey, really. Uh, pardon me, Greece-U.S. relations are um, perhaps better than they've ever been, at least as long as I've been doing this, um, certainly over the last two decades. Greece has really um, improved its uh, its diplomatic approach to the United States. It's taken advantage of many of Turkey's mistakes, Turkey's mistakes which have produced a deterioration of bilateral relations between Washington and Ankara. And, and, and the Greek government's attitude that it wants to be helpful to the United States has in turn uh, generated uh, goodwill in Washington. And Washington is now invested in the U.S.-Greece relationship in ways that it hasn't been in, in the past. Unprecedented kind of military cooperation. Of course, Suda Bay has always been important to the United States, but there's been an increased uh, cooperation there. Of course, this port that the United States is using to flow material to Ukraine has been increasingly important. So there really has been this flowering of, of Greece, Turkey, uh, Greece-U.S. relations in Washington, and Washington is seems to be very, very pleased with um, this new uh, relationship, which, which mostly forged during the Trump era, but has been uh, continued during President Biden's tenure so far. I think it is one of the factors that is creating tension between Greece and Turkey. Um, we know that um, President Erdogan was very unhappy with the meeting that the Greek prime minister had with President Biden last May and was particularly unhappy that who is the that Prime Minister Mitsotakis was given an opportunity to address, address a joint session of Congress in which he received eight standing ovations. This was something that, you know, this is the kind of thing that is reserved for the British prime minister, the 
British monarch, the Israeli prime minister, the king of Jordan, uh, not something that we often see with the Greek prime minister. And uh, President Erdogan seems to have taken it personally uh, and has sent uh, his emissaries to Washington to try to arrange his own Oval Office meeting uh, with the president to no avail. And so it is something that um, has bothered President Erdogan, who um, tends to take these things personally and I think has contributed to the deterioration of Greece-Turkey relations. I should say he took a particular exception to Prime Minister Mitsotakis's position when he was in Washington not to sell Turkey uh, F-16s. But from the Greek perspective, you can understand why the Greek head of government would, uh, would, would not want uh, its NATO ally to sell weaponry to a neighboring country that might be used to threaten Greece. Uh, there are serve, I mean, the U.S. policy, it's not monolithic in a way. Um, and this is something that uh, I think the audience should, not, should understand because uh, they get confused with different signals that Biden might say, yes, we're going to consider this, and then Menendez is going to say something else. So uh, people need to understand that uh, there are different areas of policymaking within Washington. But overall, what you say is that Washington is on our side, let's put it like that. I, you know, I think I think most of all, the United States would like there to be unity within NATO, um, and that the, the idea that Greece and Turkey could come to blows over the Aegean is obviously a significant problem for Washington. But right now, the United States and and, and Greece are enjoying a very productive and constructive uh, relations. You're quite right that there are different because of our form of government, our divided government, we have the executive branch and the legislative branch, that when Turkey, for example, requests uh, the new F-16s from the United States, um, the executive branch, the president, may be supportive of that in principle, but he's also underlined the fact that there's a process and that Congress will also have a say in, uh, in the sale of that weaponry. Now, Congress actually technically cannot force the administration not to sell planes to Turkey, but it can put up enough of a fight with the administration that makes it not worth it for President Biden to go forward with uh, with the sale. Um, so it'll be interesting to see in the coming months what's happening. But of course, but right now, members of Congress are saying uh, if the sale goes through, the use of those F-16s will be conditioned, and the primary condition is that they won't be used to menace Greece. Um, I want to go a bit in Turkey and see how Turkey thinks. Uh, first of all, before we look into Erdogan, let's assume that Erdogan disappears tomorrow morning. What is Turkey about? Well, you know, look, Turkey is um, the fact that I know he's supposed to have disappeared, but the fact that <laughs> President Erdogan is using the nationalist card uh, in his uh, er, in the early goings of his re-election campaign, says something about Turkey—a fiercely nationalist and proud, powerful, important country uh, in the world. And um, Turks, I think, people misapprehend what's happened in Turkey over the course of the last 20 years. There is, I think, considerable opposition to President Erdogan and his vision for Turkey domestically. But I think overall, there's been a lot of agreement on. Turkey's foreign policy and the way in which um, Turkey has sought a more um, uh, active
active, some would say aggressive foreign policy in in the in the area and beyond. Turks see themselves as a major power and want to be treated as such. So I think that although if President Erdogan were to disappear, I still think that there would be problems between Greece and Turkey. I think there would still Turkey would want to be treated as a Mediterranean power, that there would still be problems over Cyprus. Um, you would see probably less emphasis on Muslim solidarity, solidarity with countries in the Muslim world. Um, but nevertheless, you would still see Turkish politicians seeking to play an important and influential role both within NATO and outside of NATO. Which gets us also to the opposition in Turkey that despite the mistakes of Putin, oh, for Putin, sorry, that despite the mistakes of Erdogan, um, still they cannot seem to be able to take over. And I would like you to explain how they, what kind of politics they suggest and why they fail. Yeah, the Turkish opposition is pretty bad. Um, they've made mistake after mistake after mistake. And even when they've gotten it right, they've followed up with mistakes, um, which has been a great advantage to President Erdogan and the Justice and Development Party. Um, the opposition is, is deeply divided. The main opposition party has become really a regional party, which um, does best in the western regions of, uh, of Turkey. Um, they, too... Um, are kind of fiercely nationalistic in, a, in, in, in ways that when Erdogan is sort of banging the nationalist drums on the Aegean, they fall into line for fear of, being, of their own nationalism being questioned. They've not been able to uh, capitalize on President Erdogan's economic mismanagement. Um, they haven't put forward their own coherent plan for the economy. It's a strange thing, given the string of mistakes that President Erdogan has made, that they haven't been able to offer an appealing uh, alternative to the Justice and Development Party. I mean, just take the situation with Greece and the Aegean. I think many Turks see what President Erdogan is doing as really electioneering over, uh, over the Aegean, which is quite dangerous, could end up in a, in a conflict. Rather than taking advantage of that, and the Turkish opposition saying that President Erdogan is making a mistake here, they have fallen into line and engaged in similar kinds of rhetoric. So I think for anybody to count on the Turkish opposition to take a responsible position on some of these issues is really perhaps asking for too much. Which goes, uh, which fits with the fact, as you have explained in other seminars, that uh, also Turkey is nationalistic in nature due to its recent history. So that follows that line. So it's not easy to break away from that. Look, history also. looms large for, for many, many countries, including Turkey. And I think baked into the political culture in Turkey is the idea that big powers, including along with Greece, um, had once tried to divide Anatolia and would try to do it again. Even though there's really there's zero evidence that that is the case, and uh, Turkish people feel in, don't feel in, that they're in the West that they're in the East, in the, they belong to the East, but they feel Turkish, right? That's what you yeah, said. particularly sympathetic to this view that 
Westerners have tried to define Turkey as either West or East. And Turks want to see themselves as just Turkey, inheritors of a great civilization, an important country in, an, in, an, in their own right. Um, so I, I think that's something important for people to think uh, about when they think about what Turkey is doing in the world and particularly in its neighborhood. Which brings us now to what is coming up. With elections are coming up or are supposed to come up on May 2023, uh, around May, let's say, in Turkey. And the one question I would like to pose is, is there uh, an idea, a way, uh, a scenario that uh, Erdogan might uh, do anything to postpone the election, uh, a national security problem, Having in mind that on the 29th of October 2023, it's the centenarian, the 100 years from the Turkish Republic, the birth of the Turkish Republic, and uh, of course Erdogan would like to be there. It, 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 it's not just that President Erdogan would like to be the president on the 100th anniversary of the Republic. It, it has become kind of his prime directive. Um, in previous years he has sought the transformation of Turkey, but now he's merely kind of power-seeking, and his goal is to be the president on that very, very important date. Um, if there is normal politics in Turkey, President Erdogan does seem to be politically weak. Uh, polling demonstrates that some of the likely candidates beat him handily in, in a presidential uh, election, which raises the possibility that um, Turkey might not have normal politics in its in the coming months. That um, and something not unprecedented. That if Erdogan cannot use the institutions of the state to close parties to intimidate uh, I- intimidate other candidates and 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 engineer a victory for himself, if they don't think that that can happen, there is always the possibility that Turkey declares a state of emergency and they postpone the elections, and he remains the president beyond his term and will be the president on the hundredth anniversary. I know that Greeks are concerned that. Um, Turkey would precipitate some sort of crisis in the Aegean, and I think that that's something that we should all be concerned about, and something that you know I think analysts in Washington have communicated to the Biden administration that that should be among the poss- range of possibilities that they think about. One of the other possibilities is that they create some sort of crisis with the Kurdish population and declare you know a state of emergency over terrorism. That would be in an odd way, somewhat safer, certainly safer for Greeks than precipitating a crisis over a pile of rocks or a small island in the Aegean. Um, but again, both of those things are, I think, something that Greeks, Americans, and others of goodwill should be aware of, that um, Turkey might not have normal politics, even though it's scheduled to have elections, perhaps in May or June of 2023. So we're looking uh, ahead in a period of turbulence and caution, let's put it like that. Uh, There are a million things I would like to ask more, but I think we should wrap it up here and next time have a broader conversation about the wider area. Thank you so much for being here. Once again, it's my great pleasure. I look forward to a future conversation. Thank you. Thank you.